Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self-acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten. Welcome to Freedom for Humans, where we talk about the ways that we as humans can free ourselves from suffering by practicing unconditional love, acceptance, and compassion for ourselves. I'm Kirsten Johansson, your host. And I, you know, I decided to do a couple of shows on uh, travel and international living. The reason I decided to do that is because when I'm out and about and I'm chatting with people about my situation and my experiences, they are often very interested in travel and in what it's like to live internationally. And so I thought, well, you know, I'm getting ready to go back to Malta uh, I'm flying back on the 1st of August. And so as these couple of shows are airing, I will be, uh, on my journey and arriving at a new place, a brand new place. Actually, um, I'm not even going to be on the big Island of Malta, but on the small Island of Gozo part of Malta, but a smaller Island with, uh, you know, just different culture, different, uh, different vibe. And I found a super cute place there after my original place that I had arranged fell through. Um, and that just happened a couple of days ago. So that was pretty stressful. And I uh, went through all the things that we go through when we get un, uh, unexpected news and news that is not necessarily desirable. And then I used all my tools and my practices and Um, I just brought myself back to center and I managed through the discomfort. I was very uncomfortable. I'm still uncomfortable, frankly, um, as I'm recording this, when you go through a period of stress for me, it takes a while for my body and my mind to kind of return to the peaceful state that they were in prior to that stress coming into my body. Uh, So I'm feeling that now. And um, I managed through the discomfort. And ultimately, I was able to access all of my skills, my experience, my analytical mind, my creative mind, my spirit, so I could hear myself as I was working through the process. And I also didn't get caught up in the narratives. The, the narrative started to form, the regrets, the resentments, um, the, the questioning of myself, the, all the things that happen when something that really is outside of our control happens and disrupts us in some way, it's interesting that it kind of cracks the door open and self-hate will say, "Mm, this is an opportunity. She's vulnerable. She's stressed. She's, ugh, her body's flooded with uh, sensation and her thoughts are kind of starting to spin. Let's get in there. (laughs) Let's get in there and make it worse. So I knew that was happening. That was one of the great things is I have been focused a lot recently on the process of self-hate and the inner critic versus the subject. And what I mean by that is that, you know, the subject in this case was um, that I lost my apartment in Malta. Um, But the process that I went through could have been anything, any surprising, unwanted piece of news that requires you to pivot and do something different and go to work on it. Um, Anything that, that caused that could have potentially I had the same process happen in terms of my thoughts and my body and my stress level and all that stuff. So I used it. I did, I, I practiced what I preach and I used it as an opportunity. Um, it doesn't mean that I felt great 
um, or that my body didn't feel stressed or that my mind wasn't spinning or that my concentration wasn't impacted. All those things were true. And I found a beautiful, cute, great little studio on Gozo that is warm and inviting. And it just is a great fit for me. And it's got a beautiful terrace with a view of the ocean and what they call a country view, which means that there's some, some green, some landscape, which in Malta just isn't everywhere. It's more on Gozo than it is on the big island of Malta, but it's, it's just not everywhere. That's not really um, what Malta is about. It's very different. And so um, I'm, I'm just, it seems perfect for me. I'm so excited. And I think that, you know, I truly think that I will have a, a different experience for sure and potentially a, a, a more pleasant and a, an experience that is more for me than the experience I was maybe going to have in the other apartment, which was not fully um, furnished or outfitted in the way that most rentals are because it was an arrangement with a friend. Um, it needed quite a bit of work. I needed to buy a number of things for it to make it comfortable. Um, certainly there was no view of the water, you know, stuff like that, um, that does really add to my life. Um, I think, uh, having a, a home, whether you're uh, like me and you're a bit nomadic, having a home that welcomes you, that's comfortable for you. I spend a lot of time at home. Uh, I work from home and I like being at home and I like returning to home after I've been out. So having a place that welcomes you and that you feel good in for me is really important. So I think that this ultimately is, is going to be a great outcome for me. Um, we'll see as always, I'm holding it in an open hand and I'll let you know, uh, because the next time I record after these two shows, I will be there in my new place and I'll, I'll be able to tell you how it's going. So, okay. So I was sitting with my mom recently here in Lincoln city, and we're literally on the edge of the North American continent. We're, we're at a restaurant, one of her favorite places, one of my favorite places. It's right on the ocean. We're looking out at the vastness of the ocean, the beauty. And I'm, I'm always marveling at what's beneath the surface of the ocean and how much we don't know about what's down there. Um, you know, and that we only really are familiar with a, a percentage of the other creatures that live on the earth and particularly in the sea and the depths of the sea. And I said to my mom, we are, we are literally on the edge of the North American continent. It's so cool. And, you know, there are people in this world in, in the U S and in many countries who might live in a, in a landlocked portion of their country or their continent, and perhaps have seen the ocean only in photos and movies and long to see the ocean. Whatever your dream is, it doesn't need to be, you know, big in, in, in your eyes or in anyone else's eyes. It, that could feel very big to you to get to the ocean. Um, it just needs to be yours. And new experiences, novel experiences that push you outside of your routines can be some of the things that really inform the next decisions that we make in our lives. And that's why I decided to start with travel. 
So my history with travel is this. Um, I did not travel a whole lot until my mid thirties. Now, when I say that I'm particularly talking about international travel, there was a, there was other travel that I did um, domestically. I've been, you know, all around the United States. There's probably 15 or so States I would guess that I haven't been to. So I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm one of those people that checks the box on every state. That's not necessarily um, one of my goals. I just, over the course of life, have had occasion to visit many of the states in the U.S. And one of the things that I did in my life that has been the most fun was taking lengthy road trips. So I drove uh, all almost the whole way, not quite. I drove from the Seattle area to Pittsburgh by myself. I, I always kind of wanted to drive across the country by myself. Sometimes we don't know why we want these things and we don't have to know why. We just need to be connected enough with our true self and our spirit to know that we want to experience something. So when the opportunity arose, I mean, I, I created the opportunity, really, I had uh, left a job, I'd been laid off, it was really the only time that I was ever uh, unemployed, um, except for this last period where I, where I left my, uh, my corporate healthcare job. And I did something similar then, um, I took some time to figure out what I wanted to do next. Um, and you know what I did next, I'm not going to get into this because we're talking about travel, but what I did next was I opened a tattoo and body piercing studio. So what came of that cross country drive was that I realized that I love tattoo. I love the culture of a shop. I spent, I got tattooed on that road trip and I was reminded of that. And I thought to myself, Hmm, I would love to open a tattoo shop. Let me see what's involved in that. <laughs> well, there's a lot involved in it. And I did that for a few years and I would never trade it. I learned so much from it. It was such an interesting, fun, challenging experience. And it came from a road trip, really. It came from me being able to connect with myself um, through a road trip where once I went to Pittsburgh and hung out with my uh, then husband's family and he flew to meet me, he was working. So he flew to meet me. Um, I backtracked to Wisconsin where my friend was living and I picked her up and we then continued our cross country road trip down uh, through the Midwest and the South and across and up the PCH and, um, you know, went to the Grand Canyon and Vegas and just all that stuff. And um, I had also taken a, a wonderful camping road trip to Glacier and, um, you know, through the Cascades and the Tetons and to Yellowstone to see the geysers. And, uh, I tripped and fell and ripped my leg open and landed in a, (laughs) what my husband thought was like really hot water. (laughs) It wasn't, it was okay. He thought I was getting burned. I wasn't getting burned, but I had gotten the wind knocked out of me and I couldn't breathe. And he was yanking me by the arm to try to get me out of the hot water. So, you know, anyway, we did this wonderful road trip. And one of the things that I did on both of those road trips that informed something that I now know about myself is I didn't plan it all out ahead of time. In the case of a road trip, I love to wake up in the morning and look at a map. In the old days, we looked at a map. Now you would look at your phone. Um, but I love to wake up in the morning and pick my next destination and kind of think, well, how far do I want to drive today? And is there anything I want to see? And where would I like to go? And 
mm, okay, it looks like there's a town that would have, you know, a hotel or a motel, and maybe I can stay there. And so on both of those trips that I described, the one that I took by myself and then with my friend and then with my um, then husband, that's what we did. And it was just, it was wonderful. It's very freeing. Um, and so clearly that's, that's part of my spirit somewhere. Um, so those road trips were, um, were wonderful and informative. So, you know, if you're not, if, if you don't have the scratch to buy a plane ticket or you would love to go to another country, but it, it's not seeming like maybe that's in the cards for you just yet. And you have a car or can get a car uh, for a road trip, you might consider that. Um, I think they have a lot to offer. So let me just zip through some of the places I've been. It's honestly, it's about maybe 10% is all of the, um, I think there's like 195 countries or so uh, around the globe. And so, you know, I've maybe been to 10% of them. And so sometimes when I'm talking with people, I'm perceived to be someone who has traveled a lot, which is really just a matter of degrees. Uh, You know, I might've traveled more than the person that I'm speaking to, but when I'm traveling, of course, I overhear other travelers who are, you know, have much more travel experience than, than I do. But um, here's the range of the places. Okay. So Mexico and Canada, uh, Argentina, Brazil, Vietnam, Thailand, Cambodia, Malaysia, Sri Lanka, the United Arab Emirates, uh, South Africa, Fiji, New Zealand, Belize, Spain, Portugal, Turkey, and of course, Malta. So that's kind of the, the my range of experiences. I worked a bit um, in Puerto Rico, so I did get a chance to visit Puerto Rico, which of course is part of the U.S. It's a U.S. territory, but it also is quite a different culture and experience to visit there. Um, so I talked about some of the solo and companion travel that I've done. They're they're different, um, and I think they both have something to offer. Um, and I think a mix is nice. You might be a, somebody who prefers to travel with a companion and, and therefore trying something solo might be really enlightening for you and vice versa. Or I do find that I enjoy a mix. Now, my first husband, um, I've only been married once. So (laughs) first husband, my, my husband, um, we were not the best travel companions. So I just want to say a word about that. Just because you're married to somebody doesn't necessarily mean that you travel well together. And you won't, you won't know that until you travel. Even if you ask some questions, you won't necessarily know that until you travel. And everybody can't be everything to you. So, you know, if you have a spouse that's, that is not a great match for you in terms of traveling, you can always travel with someone else. Um, you'll want to have a conversation about that and maybe call that out and be honest about it. So everybody knows the deal. Um, but you know, having a, a travel companion that, um, that is fun for you can be really important if you would like to travel with someone else. Now the road trip, we did pretty well on, on road trips and things, but, but overall it was a bit of a struggle for us. Um, and so my subsequent partnership, which I was in for 14 years, Again, we traveled together early on and we went up to uh, Vancouver, BC. And then we had, we were having such a great time. We were just going, I think on an overnight or maybe a two night, if I'm remembering correctly, 
we were having such a great time and we didn't want it to end. So we went up to Whistler and spent um, an additional night up there in a, a really cool place with like an outdoor hot tub. And it was like a first snow and it was kind of magical. So here's the things. Those are the things that happen when you're traveling and you decide to do something that's unplanned. You never know, you know, you never know. You might encounter a challenge and you might encounter something magical. So, you know, I remember saying to a friend, well, I'm dating this guy and we haven't been seeing each other for that long. And we're taking this trip up to, up to Canada. And I don't know, it could be the first trip or the last trip, but I remember joking around about that. And all I meant by that is that you, you, you find stuff out when you travel with somebody, I mean, you're with them 24 seven and you're going through the rigors of travel, which does require, you know, energy and uh, ingenuity and so forth. And so it turned out that he was a wonderful, a wonderful travel companion. So many of the countries that I listed when I told you where I've traveled were with that partner, uh, Belize, uh, Turkey and Malta. Those are solo places for me. The other countries that I mentioned uh, were primarily with that partner. And what I learned about myself was, well, I learned a lot. I learned a lot throughout those travels first. And these are the things to maybe ask yourself if you are wanting to travel, you've traveled and you want to do it again. You're dreaming of travel. You've traveled and it didn't go that well, but you still want to do it. And maybe you're not sure how to adjust it for yourself. How do you like to travel? First, how do you like to travel? Do you like to fly? Do you like to drive? Do you like to take a train? Are you a cruise person? Do you think like really think about you and what you like and apply that to travel? Um, and listen, most of us, I would say, don't necessarily quote like to fly, uh, the logistics of it, the, the comforts and discomforts of it. That aside, do you like to travel to places that require you to be on a plane? And we can, we can talk about how to get through those challenging pieces of like a very long international flight. I have lots of experience with that. Um, so just ask yourself that. And then what do you like to, um, what do you like to do? What do you like to do? Are you somebody who likes to just pack the days full of things to see? And the last thing in the world that you would want to do is be relaxing in an apartment in another country. Or are you somebody like me who did not spend a lot of money on a flight? Okay. Mostly I traveled economy. I sometimes upgrade to I'm tall. And so I sometimes upgrade to get a little bit more leg room, but the majority of the time, uh, an aisle seat in economy. Uh, is kind of what I what I choose, um, and what I love to do is have a nice place to stay, that's comfortable for me, that's in a place where lots of things are walkable, that potentially has a little bit of outdoor space depending upon where I'm going, you know, like in the form of a balcony or a terrace. Um, but again, it depends on where I am. Sometimes that's not going to be important. So. I was much more motivated to spend my resources on a nice place to stay, as was my partner. 
Um, and so we, you know, I had maybe one, <laughs> what I would call one stinker um, in all those trips. And it was in Cambodia in a beach town. And, you know, I, I wanted a kitchen. I had some food requirements. And I remember at the time my partner was snoring. And so it was so untenable for me that I was looking for a multiple bedroom situation so that I either had a place to sleep without the snoring or an escape hatch because going on vacation and being kept awake by snoring for me was um, kind of a deal breaker during that period. So anyway, I ended up with one kind of stinker um, of an apartment in all those, in all those countries. So, you know, I really learned to look for the things that were important to me. How, how big is the bed? You know, what's the space like? you know, where is it? Is it serviced? All, all those things. Um, and um, how do you like to live? You know, how do you like to live while you're traveling? So do you like to live like a tourist? So the kind of that first thing that I mentioned where maybe you want to be in a hotel and you don't hardly even want to be in the hotel because you want to see every site that there is to see and you want to be out and about most of the time and you really want to tour you want to tour like a tourist. There's nothing wrong with that at all. You're just going to want to know who you are if you can. Um, even if you haven't traveled a lot, you still have an idea of kind of what you like to do and what you need. Um, and so I'm not, I am not as much of a touristy kind of traveler. I do like to see a few things. So if there are some big things to see, I take a look at them and I know myself well enough to know whether I'm really interested in them or not. But generally, I like to be in the mix of the country. I like to be with the people that are living in the country. I like to eat the food of the country. And so getting apartments, um, not just for the extra space and the kitchen, and they're typically even less expensive than a single hotel room, also in some cases put me more in the mix of the country, which I really enjoyed. What cultures are the most engaging or interesting to you? Um, you know, that for me is what travel is about. It's about the culture. And when I listed those countries, you may or may not have noticed many of them were Southeast Asia. There's some Africa, some South America, New Zealand and Fiji are kind of, you know, their own little, their own little things. Um, and then I, I did, you know, Belize and um, a little bit of Europe. Um, so Spain, Portugal, and Malta are all technically uh, part of Europe. I say technically Malta uh, joined the EU back in like 06, but was sovereign prior to that. Um, and then I popped over to Turkey for a few days um, related to my um, visa. But what those things have in common, those countries have in common is they are for the most part, extremely different from the U.S., um, in terms of the culture, the people, the food, the environment, the language. I love to be in a culture where I don't really understand anything, where I don't understand the language, where everything looks different. Everyone looks different from me. There is something about that that fills my spirit in a way that nothing else does in the same way. When I couldn't travel uh, during the pandemic, I started when it was, you know, I went to Belize when there's still a ton of requirements to and hoops to jump through um, due to COVID. 
And so I think it had been two and a half years or something that, that I hadn't been out of the country. And I felt a little like I was dying inside. Now there were other things going on with the pandemic and isolation and everything, but part of it was lack of exposure to other cultures and other people. And I tended, except for this last stretch where I'm going back and forth to Malta, I I typically always chose somewhere different. Even when I loved a place, just loved a place like Rio de Janeiro or the entire country of Cambodia. Um, Or, I mean, there's highlights really every, I loved Sri Lanka. Like even when I loved a place, it didn't mean that I necessarily wanted to keep going back there because I wanted to experience something new. And the other thing to ask yourself um, is where do you feel a sense of awe as well as a sense of belonging? And I don't exactly know how else to say that. It's a fascinating experience to be awed by everything you see and experience and, and smell and hear And the challenges that you're presented with that you need to work through to kind of get your needs met while you're in another country. And then also how it feels to be there and how it feels to interact with the other people of that country while you're doing all of those things can give you a sense of whether it's one of your places. Because what I was doing after that first trip, which I'll tell you about after the break, but after that first big trip to Buenos Aires, um, Argentina and Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, I knew, I knew that that was for me. And after that first trip, I have been looking for my place or, or one of my places. And, uh, Malta is, I believe one of my places. You're listening to Freedom for Humans, and we will be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at giraffetangooctopus.com. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. So before the break, I was just sort of talking through the things that you might ask yourself in order to inform your travel. And I was talking about um, the inception. So the inception of the dream to live internationally came from a trip to Buenos Aires and Rio de Janeiro, particularly Rio de Janeiro. They were both wonderful. And when we traveled from Buenos Aires to Rio, (laughs) just in the car on the way from the airport, I mean, I just, my jaw was just hanging open at the absolute stunning, stunning beauty of it. And then the culture, the food, the people, the beauty, the sparkle, the sparkly eyes, the, 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 the risk it, it, you know, it's can, can be a bit of a dangerous place. Um, it's typically on the list, you know, one of the places in the world that can be a little bit dangerous. So you need to be on the swivel and, and mind what you're doing. And when the taxi driver tells you, don't go to that place, you say, I want you to take me to X. And he says, don't go there. I'm not taking you there. Don't go there. You know, you might want to listen or you might want to risk, but do, do take it to heart. I've done both. I've listened um, and pivoted. And I've also said, nope, I want you to take me there anyway. Um, so um, those are the questions to ask uh, when you're thinking about traveling or you want to get back into traveling or pick somewhere new to go. So one of the things that happened after that first trip where you know, I hadn't really traveled much internationally prior to that. And so my partner you know, kind of walked through the planning with me. I remember sitting next to him and looking at apartments and things like that. And um, that was kind of my introduction to, you know, going to another country, living in another country, and then going to another, um, another country from there. Um, And I'm happy that I got to do that because in many cases um, over the next mm, probably 12 years or so, um, often, I would go either to multiple countries in a trip, or if I was going to one country, I would visit multiple places in that country, knowing that I was probably going to get a different uh, look at, at culture and so forth when I moved around. And so the outcome of that was that I got really good at planning and logistics because, you know, I learned what I like to do, how I like to travel, how I like to live what's important for me, um, how long I probably want to spend in one place um, so that I'm then ready to travel again, when to book a flight so that it, you know, works for me the best it can. You can't always get the flight that you want, but if you know that you're not great at early morning flights, then you know that and you, you try to work around that if you can. And ultimately, I just broke everything down into its elemental parts. So when you're thinking about traveling, if you feel overwhelmed in any way, um, I sometimes do, not usually anymore, even when it's a pretty big trip coming up with lots of flights and lots of logistics and so forth. What I remind myself of is that I am moving my body. 
from one place to the next. I'm moving my body from one place to the next. And then I just work through those elemental pieces of the logistics of moving my body from one place to the next. And so I know what I need in a flight and how important an aisle seat is and how long of a layover is too short. 40 minutes in Denver seems okay, but it's too short. It was pretty stressful. And if I hadn't done some, uh, I don't know, if I hadn't had some ingenuity and made some people mad, I might have not made it. Okay. So that's too short. And I learned that. That was my shortest layover. And I needed to have that experience to to know that I probably wouldn't do that again. Anything more than two hours adds us so much time and sitting um, to a, an already long trip that I know that it's exhausting to me. And so I try to avoid that. Sometimes you can't, but I just try to avoid it. Um, and so throughout all of that, what did I develop? Well, I developed some confidence. And so when we talk about experience and practice and, you know, being kind to ourselves and not labeling things as mistakes or, or failures in any way, and also not, not being so tied to the outcome that when something doesn't go as planned or goes differently than we expect, that the inner critic steps in and just craps on everything. Um, so if you really stay present and be confident, right? Like we can make that choice to see that we have fear, notice it, understand its process, and also know that it's it's manufactured probably by our thoughts uh, potentially, and that we can notice it and um, disidentify with it and come back into confidence knowing we can figure it out. So what I know about myself is that I can figure it out. <laughs> I figured out a lot of things in this life and I will always be able to figure it out. Um, sometimes with the help of others, often with the help of others. So I don't want to forget that part. So I don't concern myself with whether everything is going to quote work out. I don't concern myself with that because concerning myself with that typically invites anxiety. And then you have this great trip coming up and instead of feeling excited or um, what did I say to my friend? Um, optimistic anticipation is what I use to describe my, my upcoming trip. Instead of that, you kind of have a cloud of anxiety over you and you start to worry about all the what ifs of things. And I, I frankly don't find that helpful. I'm not saying don't plan and don't make a plan. Of course, make a plan. But then once you've made your plan, just leave it. You're, you're, you're good. And if you think of something else, okay, put it on the plan or put it on the list and then move on. But don't get mired in anxiety because that can get in the way of you actually wanting to take a trip at all. So I do my, my part in terms of planning, where I put my attention, showing up, staying present. And most of all, living in gratitude that I get to have the experiences that I'm having. So when I was standing in Belize in, you know, a pretty interminably long line that I could tell was going to take hours in the heat with multiple checkpoints for COVID stuff and passport stuff and, 
you know, I think there were three or four different checkpoints that we needed to go through to get into Belize. And we were all crammed together, um, even though it was deep COVID. So we're all masked, crammed together in the heat, uh, waiting for hours. And I went to the mantra that uh, helps me with a great many things. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful to be here because I was in Belize y'all and Belize was awesome. It was awesome. It was so much fun. You know, it was my first solo international trip post end of this relationship with the, with the fun, fun traveling companion that I had. And so this was me saying, all right, I know I love this and I am not, I am not going to not do something I love just because I don't have a companion to do it with. And so I ripped the bandaid off that. And, you know, for me at the time I was in Seattle and there was a direct flight to Belize. So I did choose, you know, these are the things, right? I thoughtfully chose the thing that I thought I could do um, that would help me build some confidence. I knew that that's what I was doing that I was building up my confidence as a solo traveler, but that I was also building up my confidence after having spent um, the better part of two years completely alone during the pandemic. So many of the things that we practice when we're moving around and traveling and interacting with other people, I, w- I, w- I was out of practice. I was creaky like the Tin Man. And so this was my way of oiling up my, <laughs> oiling up my joints so I could get back to something that I love. Um, I ask for help when I need it. And sometimes someone can see that I need help and they offer it and I don't decline it normally. I usually, even if there's a part of me that wants to say, no, no, I'm fine. I can figure it out. I actually don't do that anymore because um, you do have to, you do have to be on guard, trust your gut. Yes. Not everybody has your best interests at heart. So, you know, never take leave of your intuition you know, always have your eyes and ears and spidey sense open. And when someone sees that you need information or assistance and they offer it to you and you don't have any red flags, um, take it. I did that in Belize and I met some of the loveliest people um, because I was, I was bumbling around a bit and they could see, um, you know, friendly giraffe girl bumbling around and offered me some help and um, I, I had some amazing interactions uh, because of that and got the help that I needed. And also don't take anything personally when I, uh, w- when I mentioned that I had to make some people mad, um, in order to get off the flight in time to make my uh, connection in, in Colorado. And, and then the connection was an international flight, FYI. So I was going to miss an international flight, not the same as missing a domestic flight. It's all uncomfortable, but missing an international was something I was trying to avoid. And um, I, I was squeezing through the aisle the wrong way. And I said to this woman, if you just, if I could just squeeze by you real quick, I'll, I'm my seat's right there. And she screamed in my face. <laughs> I need to get to my husband. Now, I don't know what's going on with that or going on with her. And I just said, okay, okay. And I, you know, just pushed myself up so she could get by me. And listen, that stuff is not personal. We're all, we're all doing what we need to do to get where we need to go. We never know what's going on with anybody else. We all know that sometimes there is stuff that happens when we're traveling. I find when I speak with people, they have a lot of anxiety about it that comes up. 
a lot of anxiety about travel. And so sometimes that just comes out um, when you're on a plane and someone's had too much to drink and they're maybe making a nuisance of themselves. Like we never really know what that story is. And even though certainly there are some annoyances um, that, that come with that, remember a few things, remember the three P's, the three P's uh, work great for that. It's not personal, whatever is going on with that other person, even if they scream in your face, it's, it's probably not personal and don't take it personally because taking it personally doesn't actually help you um, in any way. It just makes you feel upset and bad and angry and maybe get a resentment that churns away while you're sitting in your airplane seat. Ugh, I don't want, that's not, not, not how I want to be sitting in my airplane seat. I don't sleep much on a plane. So I do like to just watch the movies and maybe listen to something and just sit there, just sit there and, you know, just be grateful and happy that I'm on a trip and um, that I have this peaceful time on a plane. There's not much else to do. So, you know, I just practice relaxing and not being anxious and not wishing I was already there because once you wish you were already there that thing happens to your body that when it happens to my body, it literally makes me want to get out of my airplane seat and, and fling the airplane door open and just launch myself out of the plane. Um, on a particularly long flight, if, if your mind gets the better of you, and I'm not saying that your body isn't uncomfortable. It is. My body is almost always uncomfortable the whole time. I'm tall and lanky. My knees are pressed into the seat in front of me. The person puts their seat back at six inches from my nose I can't eat any of the food, blah, 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 blah. Like all that stuff is true. And the power of the mind, the power of the mind to come back to present, to center yourself, to find your gratitude um, and to really just soothe yourself so that you can have an enjoyable trip. Even when things don't go as planned, which happens all the time, I can still have an enjoyable trip. That is my choice. So, okay. Where the, the original dream. So I'm sitting in, um, Rio and I can't remember. I think it was half and half. Like maybe we spent half our time in Buenos Aires and half in Rio and Rio changed me. It changed me forever. And there was something about it. And I don't think I can really explain that other than to say the thing that I said before, which is, you know, where do you find yourself in awe and you feel a sense of belonging? It was, it's still one of my favorite places. If somebody says like, what's one of your favorite places? I almost always, number one, Rio de Janeiro, one of my favorite places. Um, and so that, that was what it was like for me there. Like I am in awe and I don't belong here exactly because this isn't my culture. It's not my language. It's not my country. It's not my food. It's not any of those things, but I feel a sense of belonging here. That is so crucial. You know, if you're going to consider a long stay somewhere, you know, multiple trips somewhere, or even living somewhere to me, the, all the little practical things that end up on people's lists about well, this thing is hard or this thing is easy or this thing is different from the US. I am in no way trying to recreate my US life in another country. That's not what I'm doing. I'm there because I want to live 
a different life in that country that reflects the culture of that country and the way of living in that country. And I want to be in awe and I want to feel um, some sense of belonging. Um, And so we made plans before we even took the taxi to the airport that we wanted to spend part of our time eventually in another country. And so as we would pick a country every year for me now at this point, because stuff happens in a relationship over 14 years, but that never left me. I talked, I continued to talk about it. I continued to, to hold it in my spirit as the thing that I wanted to do. So every time we would go to a new country, I would be doing that thing. Like, is this, is this for me? Is this one of my places? Cause we, cause we even talked about, Ooh, wouldn't it be fun to do like a third of the year in the U S during the best part of the summer, you know, in the Seattle area, which I've left now, but, but wouldn't it be fun to do the best part of, you know, the year in Seattle, and then to maybe have two other spots um, where we went. So I just always carried that um, vision, I guess uh, it, it was a vision. Uh, that never left me after Rio. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that even when that relationship ended, that dream did not die. And that tells me something that tells me that that truly was my dream, that it wasn't something that was only attached to another person or only attached to the experiences that I had traveling with that other person, which were awesome. They were awesome. You know, so Um, I could have gone down a road of, well, it's never going to be like that again. And, you know, I don't really want to go anywhere by myself. And what's the good of something if you don't have anybody to experience with, I could have gone down that road. And certainly I had those thoughts and some of that um, came toward me in the way of fear. And I pushed through because that's not where I want to put my attention. Remember, we are where we put, put our attention. So, um, so I kept the dream alive and I also, uh, experienced a few things like having my luggage lost in Cambodia. Um, that was okay. I know that sounds like an unwanted experience. And of course it was an unwanted experience at the time, but I had way overpacked. I had brought this huge suitcase that was hard to wrangle and had just all kinds of things in it. A lot of clothes, of course, a lot of clothes um, that I I really didn't need. But guess how I figured out that I didn't need it? Well, my luggage got lost and I did not put those few essential things in my carry-on that were all told to pack. So I didn't have any shoes for the hot weather. I didn't have the right, even one outfit for hot weather. Um, I did have meds, of course. I, I never would mess with you know, not having medications or something like that. But there were other things that are pretty essential for me that are simply not available um, in another country that could have gone in a carry-on. So that was a great thing to learn. And, you know, we, we got our luggage in a number of days. And in the meantime, I did buy a few clothes. Um, I, I finally found a little shop that would, that had clothes that would fit a big, tall American I mean, Cambodia where, um, you know, people are pretty small and what did I wear? Okay. What did I wear for the rest of the trip? For the most part, 
I wore the Cambodia clothes that I bought, not the massive amount of stuff that I put in that suitcase and brought from the US. What do I still wear? Some of those Cambodia clothes, it's been at least a decade. I don't remember what year, but it's probably been a decade um, or so um, since since I traveled there and I still I still have some things and they're some of my most beloved things. So you don't really need that much. My whole uh, point here is it's okay to travel light. Um, really, the things that are essential for you that you think you might not be able to find in the other country and and a simple way of dressing for the weather and shoes that are appropriate for what you want to do while you're there. Um, that's really all you need. And as I've gotten better and better and better at that, and most recently, I mean, when I'm sh- shuttling back and forth, it's not really a shuttle. It's about a 20, I don't know, 24 to 30 hour endeavor. I'm now traveling relatively light uh, because I have stuff there in Malta and I have stuff here in the US, which was part of my dream. That was part of my dream to have a spot, a little spot in the other country where I kept some things. So I wasn't having to pack everything every time that I went there. So Um, You know, I'm building this, everyone. I'm building this as I go. I don't have it all figured out and it was not all planned in advance. I just keep on building it as I go. Now, when, you know, as I had been fostering this dream over all these years, I knew that I needed to be able to work from anywhere because, you know, I wasn't going to be in a position unless some unexpected windfall came my way. I wasn't going to be in a position to retire and do this in retirement um, for quite some time. And it, it came down to the fact that I wasn't willing to wait all those years to maybe be able to do it. If I was still healthy, if I was still even living, you know, we don't even know how long we're going to be there, there here. We don't know how long we're going to be here. Um, So I knew that I would need to work from anywhere. And I have this recollection of, uh, I can't remember what show it was. It was maybe like real sports. I want to say it was real sports, which if you don't watch real sports on HBO, it's awesome. Um, Check it out. And there was a journalist And he was on a, he was sitting, I have such a a clear memory of it. He was sitting on the front porch of a cabin in the woods in Brazil, writing, you know, this newest article that he was working on. And I, I was so jealous. (laughs) I was so jealous. I thought that, that is what I want right there. How can I possibly make that happen? Um, so that that's what I'm up to. I'm, I'm in the process of making that happen. I leading up to that, I do want to say something about trying to wait until retirement, which might be the right, that might be the right choice for you. Perhaps because I do certainly run into people who are doing a version of this or who spend part of their lives in another country or even all of their time in another country because they're retired and they're able to do that. Their resources allow them to do that. And, you know, they're not necessarily tethered to, to work or a job. And so for a while, that's what I thought. That's what I thought I was going to need to do. But I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the future holds. And in fact, um, I had a friend and I, I, we tried to work out getting him on the show. I'm going to see if we can do that again, who he did a tarot reading for me that, that truly it changed the whole trajectory 
um, of my life. It was at the very beginning of me starting my self-acceptance work. Um, and it was even before I read the Sherry Huber book, but he did this reading for me and it was, it was life altering. And so I'm going to wait, I'm not going to tell you about it because I'm hoping to get him on the show. Um, but, but he said, you know, I just start with a question. Well, I didn't ask a question really. I, I basically just made a statement about wanting to be, um, healthy enough in my retirement to be able to live the life that I wanted. And yeah, that was very telling. And, and he actually even reflected back. It sounds like you're ordering a sandwich at the deli. It's not even really a question. And it was this almost obsession that I had with being able to retire so that I could then live the life that I wanted to live. And I was just shown through a number of experiences, experiences that I had because I pushed myself through discomfort, through recovering from isolation, through anxiety, through solo travel that, uh, you know, internationally that I hadn't really done before and through all of the work to clear self-hate and the inner critic. So I could really listen to and hear myself. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to wait. What am I waiting for? So here I am, here I am, and I'm still building it. And there's tons of unknown and my finances are in no way stable and my business is still being built and I'm still using some of my savings and all of those things are still happening. And I'm living part of my life in Malta. Oh man, it's awesome. It's awesome. Okay. So that's all the time we have today. And I'm going to um, do another show for you about what it has been like for me to live internationally part of the time. And I am going to include some of the logistics and the challenges and some of the technical details, as well as the kind of the softer skills portions of that, because it's no joke. <laughs> it's no joke. And it's totally worth it. Okay. Um, this has been awesome. As usual, I love getting to, to connect with you. You can find me at giraffetangooctopus.com, across social media at GTO Coaching, and on TikTok at Coach Kirsten. Love yourself, free yourself, be yourself, and dance your own tango. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime, dance your own tango.